the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We all have a high call from God, and that's to serve Him. But why do so many Christians fall short of that high calling? Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now let's jump into today's Core Truth in the book of Ephesians chapter 3. So we're going to find our text in Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, I've entitled this message, Embracing Our Call. You know, every single, you know, one of us should know that we're called by God. I mean, God has called you and me. You know, we have been, you could say, preordained for something that's bigger than any one of us. It's bigger than It's bigger than us. It's something that is far above anything else that we could ever accomplish in this life on our own. So there's something bigger there that's for us. Now, many Christians don't take advantage of this. Many Christians don't embrace this. But I'm just telling you, we all have something that's bigger than us, something that's far greater than any hope or dream that we might want or desire. I'm sure that we've all had dreams, right? When we dream of things, you know, things that have never happened, but they're still dreams. And it's like, you know, oh, I wish I could do this one day or that one day. And it never happens because, you know, we have these huge dreams. Like I wanted to play in the NBA. Uh, Sorry, (laughs) you're not good enough. (laughs) And so it's like all of these things you dream about. Maybe those dreams were just out of our reach and it took years for us to figure it out. Maybe they were just, again, way over our natural abilities. Maybe life was just too consuming and we lost track of those dreams. Obviously, there are some that achieve their goals in life. But for most of us, we end up just pursuing a more normal career as we move on with life as it seems to come at us. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Because here in America, obviously, you know, we are free to pursue many different occupations. So whether you want to be a fireman or a business owner, a nurse or a brain surgeon, whatever, we can pursue almost anything. And some people will pursue the craziest of occupations. Listen to some of these professional occupations. There's a cat nanny, okay, like I wonder how much uh, training you have to have for that to be a cat nanny. And for those uh, that hire a cat nanny, they can also hire a kitty litter box decorator. Yes. I mean, this is someone's occupation. Like someone actually does this. Could you imagine that's your life? You decorate kitty litter boxes. I'm just saying, you know, anyway, some people do it. Then there's a donkey trainer, I mean, how do you train a donkey, okay? What do you do? Teach him to go fetch something? I don't know. Or how about this job? I mean, these are real jobs. A parachute tester. 
Not sure what your life expectancy is on that one. Hey, this one didn't work. Okay, anyway, but uh, yeah, you get, you get the point here. And then there's uh, the one job that maybe some of you ladies might want to consider. It's a quality control taster at a chocolate factory. Yum, that's right. It's like someone, someone gets paid to do that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, some of the jobs are more exciting than others, but know this. We all have an extremely high call from God. And that's to serve him. And that's a really high calling. But why do so many Christians fall short of that high calling that God has for each and every one of us? Like, why are we not embracing that? Because all these things that we might want to do, and oh, I wish I could have done this, and I wish I could have done that, and whatever, it's like those things, many of those things are out of our reach. But becoming everything that God wants us to be, oh, that's totally in our reach. I think some you know, we'll see the need that maybe God wants us to go address while others might even hear the call of God at times that we should go and talk to certain people. Yet for many, it just translates into doing just absolutely nothing. But why is that? Why are the people that have the the spirit of the living God in them hesitant to actually move and do what God wants us to do? Well, I can't totally answer that. I do know this, the same God that calls us is the same God that promises to equip us. So God will never ask you to do something that he's not going to give you the ability to do. I find myself, you know, because I'm always talking to people. Imagine that, me talking to people, okay? And it's like, all of a sudden, I'm in conversations, I'm like, oh, well, I didn't know this was going to happen, and yeah, here we are, I'm in this conversation. And, and it's like, I just wonder, like, wow. If I wasn't always talking to people and telling people how much God loves him and what have you, I wouldn't have all these conversations that open up around me. My grandson, you know, he's calling me because he told his buddy about our radio program that's back on in Philadelphia area, back east. And so then his buddy started watching and he told him about our app. So he started watching on the app and I just got done delivering him a Bible to his buddy, Jeff. And it's just like, you know, things just happen if you kind of pursue them. And then all of a sudden, I find out that Jeff, his dad, is interested in the Lord. Huh, interesting. And it's like, so just doors keep opening only if you pursue them, though. If you don't pursue them, maybe nothing opens. And if you're wondering if no doors are opening, you just almost have to ask, are you even pursuing any doors? But see, for some crazy reason, when it comes to us really serving the Lord sacrificially, we seem to have at times selective hearing, you know, and we find it hard to submit to his call. You know, we, like the prophet Jonah, go in the opposite direction of where God calls us to go. And that's not a good thing. As we look in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, the apostle Paul said back in chapter 2, verse 10, he said, for we are God's workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepares beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, we've looked at this word before, but let's look at it again here. The word workmanship there, because he says, we are God's workmanship. Again, it's an interesting word. It comes from the Greek word poema, where we get our English word palm. And it means that which is made. So literally, our lives can be a piece of God's literary workmanship written by the hand of God. 
Now, just think about that for a moment. Drink it into your soul for a moment. It means that in our conversion to Christianity, when we accepted Christ into our hearts as Savior and Lord, it was not the end. It wasn't like, okay, I'm saved now. I'm going to heaven, my sins forgiven. No, it's not the end. It's the beginning. It's the beginning of a whole new lifestyle. And God, being the great artist that he is, when we come to know Christ and he cleanses us of our sin, it gives him a clean slate to now he completely can do a new work inside of us because he washes away all of our sin. And he can now accomplish the work that he desires in us. At least that's his desire. And what is that work that he accomplishes? It's to equip us for good works. And for those here who have not allowed God's plans to usurp your own personal plans, like your personal plans always outweigh God's plans, if you've done that in your life and you haven't allowed God's plans to really come and take the bulk of your life, can be a fresh reminder of what your true calling is from heaven above. So we're going to look in this Ephesians chapter 3. Now, Paul is an example, once again, of the true calling of every single one of us believers, how he was such a good steward of the one life that he was given to live out here on planet Earth. And let me just remind each of us here, you know, we have all been given only one life. We only have one life. It's not like a cat with nine lives, although I don't know if a cat has nine lives, but you know what I'm saying. We only have one life. We have one life. We come to know Christ. We have one life, just us. What are we going to do with it? How we choose to live and exactly what we choose to do and the choices that we make will all come back around on us in the end. So here's a newsflash. We're all going to stand before God one day. And there's no reason to get all bummed out because he has given to each of us a high calling to serve him. Yet we have to choose either to serve him or not to serve him. See, that's why the Bible says us Christians will be judged in heaven. We're not going to be judged on going to heaven. No, we're going to heaven because we ask Christ in our life and he's forgiveness of our sin. So that's a free gift from God. But when we get to heaven, we'll be judged on what we did for him or what we didn't do for him. And the Bible says that some people will suffer loss in heaven because they did nothing with the life, the one life that God has given to you and the one life that he's given to me. So look, look, we all have to work. We all have to pay bills. We all have to pay, what, 70 bucks a gallon for gas? Oh, no, it's only seven right now. Okay, we're headed in that direction. So, we, you know, we have to live with all the circumstances that we're being fed right now in our country. But in the midst of that, God still desires to use us. And you never know when something happens. I was at the Whole Foods by my house, and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm talking to the gal, and she says, I know you. I hear you on the radio. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, there you go. And I, and I started talking to her. It's like, you know, opportunities come up all around us. And I love just taking that few minutes to talk to someone and encourage someone because it's right there. It's right in front of us. I never try to walk away from it. Remember, we're saved by the grace of God. It's his unmerited favor. He died for us on the cross. But we also have to recognize The fruit of truly being saved is a desire to do what God's asked us to do and to serve him. 
We're not saved by whether we serve him. If you don't serve him, you don't serve him. But we're called to be servants of the most high God. We're called to be used by him. We must recognize that, you know, and pursue that in our life. And part of that is being a willing vessel to reach out in this dark world. And is it not getting darker by the day around us? I mean, it's like, does anything surprise you anymore? I just read that there's been 150 police officers so far this year that have been shot. 150 in our country. This is, this is insane. I mean, just everything that's happening around us. But as we're going to look at the life of the Apostle Paul, we will consider three points in light of our title, Embracing Our Call. Number one, called for Gentiles. We're called to reach the Gentiles. That's just, that's every nation under the sun. Every nationality, every person, every skin color, every eye shape, doesn't matter. We're called for Gentiles. Number two, called to preach. We have a calling in our life to talk and open our mouth and share with other people the good news of Christ. And number three, called for God's purpose. There's a purpose that God has for each and every one of us, and that's what we're all called for. So the Apostle Paul lived out all these things, but we're to live it all out also. But let's look at our first point, called for Gentiles, as we read together, starting in Ephesians chapter 3, picking up in verse 1, it says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you, that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery as I write before in brief, by referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, verse 5, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the spirit, to be specific that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise of Christ Jesus through the gospel, of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of his power. We'll stop there for a moment. So here we have the mystery. Oh, we all like a good mystery. Here's the mystery. As you know, a mystery is a secret It's something that's unknown. And Paul, who addresses himself as a prisoner, or better translated, a captive in bonds, he was called to the Gentiles. In the Greek, the word Gentile is talking about heathen nations, uh, people that uh, were not of God's chosen people, the Jewish race. It's just all other nations. They were known as barbarians to the Israelites. But understand, to the Orthodox Jew, again, that a Gentile was anyone that was just a non-Jew. And the, and the Israelites considered anyone that was a non-Jew to be a dog. Paul, of course, used to be that Orthodox Jew, and he described himself as that Orthodox Jew in Philippians 3, uh, verse 5. He says, circumcised on the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, which was the highest sect of religious order of the day. So Paul was a man who was filled with an incredible amount of religious knowledge, Uh, This uh, man who set himself apart from the rest by his great uh, knowledge of the scripture, his passion, his zeal, 
But yet, even though he had all of those things, he found himself empty on the inside. He was searching for life. He was searching for the meaning of life. Paul had an answer for everyone around him except for his own soul. So he could answer anyone else's intellectual question, but what he couldn't answer was the emptiness that was inside of him. So he found himself in that place. And that's why he said in Philippians, he says, I counted all of my religious upbringing and all of that knowledge and all of those degrees that hung on the wall. I counted it all as dung. Ah, that is waste. Maybe that's why Paul could make the statement that he did in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, where he says, knowledge makes arrogant, but love edifies those themselves and those around them. Yes, Paul's knowledge gave him power over the weak. It lifted him up in the eyes of the religious leaders. It gave him accolades according to the world, yet it also distanced himself from the creator God. But now, Paul, this self-proclaimed prisoner of Christ, this captive in bonds, makes it known to all that even though he is writing this very letter from a prison cell, and even though he had spent some four years in prison in Caesarea and in Rome, he never considered himself a prisoner of the world. Paul said, I am a prisoner, a captive in bonds by my own will to the one who hung, bled, and died for my sins on the cross. Meaning, every aspect of Paul's life was under the control of God's purpose and God's plan. That's why Paul said that he was a prisoner of Christ because he dared to proclaim the truth that God had revealed to him that the Gentiles could become full members of God's family. Yes, it was a great mystery. But that's why he didn't say like, I'm not being held here by the Romans in prison in Rome. Well, yeah, you are, Paul. You're in the Mamertine prison right there in Rome. It's like, uh, you are being held by the Romans. No, he says, no, I'm being held by Christ. Christ has me here. This is his purpose and plan for me. And if you remember in Philippians chapter one, remember he was saying how the whole Praetorian guard, that was a special guard for Caesar himself. There was a revival that was happening within the Praetorian guard because why? He's preaching the gospel to to them while he's in prison. So everything that happened to him, no matter what hardship it was, no matter what difficulty it was, you know, like when we were in Caesarea, you know, uh, uh, maritime, you know, right there on the Mediterranean Sea. It's like you're there and this is where Paul was in prison. But yet that's where he was ministering to King Agrippa, where King Agrippa said, hey, Paul, you almost convinced me you're persuading me to be a Christian. Yes, that's the whole purpose. That's what we try to do. So see, we can look at hardship and difficulty and all of these things and just think, oh, my life is over. I can't believe this. And, uh, you know, but it's like every time something happened, every time there was a delay, every time something was held back, the apostle Paul was thinking, well, how can I use this for the glory of God? Like I hear him talking to this person I never would have talked to if my car wouldn't have broke down. Well, maybe there's a reason I'm supposed to be talking to this person. Maybe there's a bigger purpose of why I'm here than why I thought I was here. There's so many times when something happens, like, 
you know, if you have AT&T, it's like if you ever have to call for customer service, don't hold your breath unless you like to turn blue. Because it's just like you will sit on that phone forever, okay? Because their customer service is horrible. But so I'm sitting there, and I was having a problem, and I finally get this person on the phone, and, you know, you're so frustrated because you've been talking to a computer, you know, all this. Don't say when they ask you, oh, give me your account number, give me this, give me that, and you're plugging it all into this computer, and then when the live person comes on, they ask you all the same questions. I already gave everything to the computer. Why don't you ask her? Okay, but, uh, but you know, it's like, so I get frustrated in all of these things because, you know, patience is not necessarily my greatest attribute. I'm just being honest with you. And so, but then I find myself so many times that once I finally fixed the problem or the reason that I called, I always end with, oh, I'd like to share something with you. And then I start telling them about Jesus. And I can't tell you how many times people have prayed with me on the phone, the person that was helping me. And I realized that I went through all this problem. I had the problem with this and the problem with that. So I would call in, get frustrated, wait two hours on the phone, and finally talk to this person, finally get through all that. Then I share the gospel and they give their life to Christ. Now, was that worth it? Yes. Yes. That's the whole point. So sometimes when our circumstances turn sour, look around for the opportunity because God maybe allowed that to happen to frustrate you. No, not to frustrate you. So that you could be a witness to who you're going to have to talk to to get out of the problem that was there. Yes, there's a great mystery that as Gentiles are now joint heirs with Christ. We are now part of that family of Abraham where God said to Abraham, you know, I'm going to make your family like the stars in the sky or the sand of the sea. And we have been grafted in now as God's chosen people. So now we are also God's chosen people. We are now the apple of his eye. Man, amazing, but true. See, for the Jew, that's a very bitter pill for them to swallow. Because again, the Jews who were God's chosen people, the apple of his eye, are now having to share the limelight, you know, and who are they sharing it with? The people that annoy them and frustrate them, the Gentile dogs, they're having to share it. So they're mad about it. They didn't want to share God with anybody else with whom, you know, God had laid his life down for. Yes, but the reality is, we're all dogs. Every Jew's a dog. All the Gentiles are dogs. Why? Because we've all sinned. We've all done things that are wrong. It's like there's only one way to get to the Lord, and that's through his grace and his mercy. And Paul, on the road to Damascus, he was forced to look into the mirror. And he went from a pompous, prideful, arrogant, egotistical, religious zealot to a man that he realized was just lost in his sins. And that's when Paul saw himself as he truly was, a man that was in need of a savior. This is something that we all need to grasp onto because I have to be honest with you, I, I, I can do the same thing. I mean, sometimes you look at people that make your life miserable. You look at certain liberal people that just, you know, just think the craziest way and you're just thinking like yes maybe you could just go find a cliff that you could walk off that would be nice yes okay and it's like and i've thought that myself but yet these people are blinded they're blinded by their own sin they're blinded by satan and it's like just like we were blinded at one point i was blinded like that but now this man paul 
who once hated the Gentiles has now been called to bring the message of salvation to the Gentiles. He again called it a mystery. What a great mystery this is. He says in verse five, that other generations were blinded to this. For Abraham was told to be the bearer of truth to what? One nation? No, to all the nations of the world, all the nations. But throughout time, most of the prophets just simply missed it. They didn't understand it. They didn't understand God. They didn't understand that he loves everybody. And it was completely disregarded by many of them. And what, again, is this mystery? He says in verse 6 again, to be more specific, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow partakers of the promise of Christ Jesus. Please join us next time as we continue this study in Ephesians chapter 3. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.